Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing podcast, the show that continues to not only set records and then subsequently break them throughout the nation, but now we are trending on an almost daily basis. Well, on my Twitter feed anyway. My name is Jody Jenkins. It is I, Tony Clement. And we are very excited, Tony. One thing we got to get right off the top, we actually have a sponsor of the show now. There is an organization that believes <laughs> enough in us yes. to actually to actually pay us. They're paying us money. I know. It's it's great. We shouldn't tell them that they're the first sponsor, though, because uh, they, they might uh, rethink this. But we are sponsored by Municipal Solutions. You can find them at municipalsolutions.ca. They are good for all of your business development, market analysis, energy and infrastructure, strategic planning, stakeholder and government, and public policy development needs. Yeah, they, so they, really they run the spectrum. Shopping. Yeah, they run the spectrum. So John and the team at Municipal Solutions, uh, thanks so much. You're going to hear about uh, them as the, as the weeks go on. But the, not only are they a sponsor, Tony, but actually this show and another thing is brought to you by every week municipal solutions like it's it's like literally and another thing podcast presented by municipal solutions like they that, went that's right they went yeah. top they, they went top notch with us and it's big and and you know as a municipal counselor myself past municipal counselor i can tell you that uh john's services uh definitely used by tons of municipalities throughout the throughout this province and uh they do some great work and a lot of stuff with yeah, john Mutton is a former former mayor of clarington uh, ontario and uh his team have a lot of expertise so we're very delighted to have them as our headline sponsor yes yeah, so we are excited okay we have an excellent guest today and we're pumped to pick his brain and do a deep dive on the inner workings of parliament and his life because uh, we are doing another political show today and I'm going to let you introduce him, Tony, because I think it's only fair, you know, MP, former MP to current MP. So I, I thought I'd let you uh, introduce him and then we'll get on with the show. Well, we're very pleased to have uh, Mr. Eric Duncan on our program. He is the member of parliament for Stormont Dundas South Glengarry. I think I got that right. Uh, and was uh, first elected in the last general election. He was elevated to the leadership team of new conservative leader Aaron O'Toole. And leadership, you know, that means like on the leadership team, they have the deputy leader and the house leader. But Eric's role is question period coordinator. We're going to ask him a little bit about that, but we want to welcome him to the program. Eric, great to have you on. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to this. For now, <laughs> Eric. Eric, we 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 promised you that this wouldn't be controversial. We want to ease you in. We don't want to do anything too crazy. So you know, we'll do like a softball question to start. Um, who is at the bottom of your leadership ballot, and why? <laughs> I just, well, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm going to say the leadership race is over. We're all one team. We're all moving forward. There's there's the line. That's his line. He's sticking to it. No, Eric, maybe just comment a little bit on that leadership race. Um, Because as you said, you guys are united now. There's no question. The the united front moving forward. We know now the goal is to uh, replace the current liberal government with a much, much more uh, impressive conservative government in the next election. But leadership battles are divisive. I'm just curious what, uh, you know, without telling us too much, what's the mood been like 
uh, within caucus, within the team. And, uh, you know, if you can just give us a little, you know, turn back, pull back the curtain a little bit. For sure. Well, I, I think it's been really positive, and I think Aaron's been off to a great start as leader in terms of getting all the camps together, both uh, publicly and then behind the scenes as well. And you guys know from different leadership races and the, the inside baseball of politics, it's not only um, the, uh, the public face of Aaron and the tone that he sets as leader, but it's behind the scenes with the staffing, it's the campaign team. Uh, Fred Delory. Fred's bringing in different people from different leadership campaigns, and that's a part of unity as well. So from what I'm seeing, uh, I, I, the, the tone has been very good. I think there's been a good aspect of unity. People have gotten behind Aaron quite quickly. He's made a lot of effort to, to reach out. So uh, I'm quite impressed with it. Uh, so far, so good in that front of where people realize, right, we, we could be into an election in a matter of a few weeks here. So um, to uh, to get behind the new leader, start all rowing in the same direction here and get ready for a, a possible election um, has been has been good that way. And, uh, you know, bringing people in from all the other campaigns, the shadow cabinet announcement, the leadership team uh, brought people in from all the different, uh, you know, people that back different leadership candidates brought them in. So that's all part of, you know, if you were to check a list here of things that a new leader should do to have the unity, I think Aaron's done a great job in terms of, uh, of making sure that's been a priority or not. Put it the other way, it hasn't been an issue. Uh, it's been uh, everyone's behind him moving forward and, and getting going. Now, I'm not in the offices or in the halls, uh, obviously up at Parliament, and I, I can only go by what I see on social media. I just, I'm curious, and I don't know how much about this you might know, Leslin Lewis, I supported Leslin in the uh, in the race. Leslin Lewis did an amazing job. Momentum, I think she attracted kind of a new, uh, I don't want to say breed, but a new section of potential conservative voters that we need in the next election. How involved is is she getting? Aside from like you know, she said she's going to do a nomination. She wants to do it the right way, contested. She doesn't want to be parachuted or given anything. So aside from that, but how? Involved are they getting Leslin and her team, if any, right now? Because I think they well, need believe, to. They need to. Yeah, well, I believe uh, Steve Adams was the campaign manager. He's already been. Uh, he's getting involved uh, in the national aspect, which is great. And I give I give Leslin and her team absolute credit. I mean, not only was COVID nineteen uh, a different leadership race produced, uh, you know, by us, but it uh, to go from obscurity. I mean, I did not know Leslin Lewis when this leadership race started. And everybody knows the name now within our within our movement, within the membership, and we're quite impressed. So not only Leslin herself, but then her entire team and how she was able to elevate and, and during a challenging time to finish a very solid third, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, is, is a, a very good story. And the one thing I always kind of reject is I hear people say, well, you know, the social conservative aspect, and, and she did have those parts uh, in her platform with uh, without a doubt. But I also think a lot of people supported Leslin for the optimistic tone that she had taken as well yes. and yes. Be, and being being Absolutely. different and being unique as well. And I think people underestimate that. I know a lot of people in my riding, whenever you know, I, I supported Aaron um, and, uh, you know, you're doing the get out the vote. Uh, Leslin did very well in my riding as she did across the country. People weren't talking about social conservative versus red Tory versus whatever. They saw her as a fresh face the way she spoke, the optimism that she had, and just 
Um, like she says, it, it's, it's changing the face and having people and Aaron's even said this too. It's people seeing themselves in the conservative party. So yes. as a woman of color, as a lawyer, as a woman, uh, itself, uh, you know, in a leadership race that says a lot. So she did fantastic. I, to be honest, I haven't met her yet. I still don't, but after all of this, I, I haven't had a chance to meet her. I, uh, I hope she gets to Ottawa soon to uh, connect with a bunch of our caucus. Um, so we can pick her brain and vice versa. And, uh, I'm excited to see where she runs and, and, uh, kudos to her. Like you, you mentioned, she doesn't want something handed to her. Uh, she worked her tail off in this leadership race and she did very well. So I, I'm anxious to see where she, uh, where she wants to go and where she wants to run. And before Tony, I know you got a question, but on that, that uh, thought there about, she doesn't want anything handed to her. I just want to put it out there right now. I will gladly take a riding handed to me. If there's anyone listening that wants me to run and it'll be uncontested and I have a shot at being the MP, call me, call Tony. I, I get, he'll get in touch with me. We're all good. Operators are standing by. <laughs> good plan. Good plug. Good plug. I, 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 uh, I want to just, uh, for our, the benefit of our listeners, uh, talk about the question period coordinator. Probably people don't know what that means. Could you describe it for people? Well, most people have offered me congratulations on the new job, Tony, but then there's people that have watched Question Period and they give me their condolences for uh, uh-huh. uh, some days of how it happens. But uh, So I'm looking forward to it. We get, uh, no, actually, we're still waiting to see how Parliament comes back. We know there's a speech from the throne later this month and there's going to be the confidence votes on it. But what the House of Commons is going to look like in terms of in-person sittings, if there's still a hybrid, there's discussions about how we vote. Do we, uh, as opposed to all of us having to be in Ottawa in the chamber, is there where we do the UK system where we use the lobbies behind there and we go spread out through a through a desk and register our votes? There's even discussion. I know the Liberals and some of the other uh, the NDP they're interested in electronic voting of the House of Commons actually developing an app, which I understand is is ready as an option to vote remotely uh, or from our desks on our cell phones. Uh, which I won't get into the the pros and cons of all that. So we're still waiting to see what the House of Commons looks like. But for question period itself, uh, we are given so many slots per day as the official opposition. And uh, my job is to uh, make friends and likely some enemies, but is to uh, to, <laughs> pick, to, to, uh, to pick out every day. Obviously, the leader, if, uh, if Aaron is there and Candace, they'll do our lead-off questions. But then it's coordinating with our caucus. We have a diverse caucus. There's a ton. Of, there's no shortage of issues to ask questions on. And it's, uh, it's slotting those spots that we've got to different members, what their questions are, and making sure that we're maximizing our time and also making sure that we are representing the full spectrum uh, geographically and of all the different departments and issues going on. So I use this, Tony, as an example. We And, and Jody, we don't have um, seats in Newfoundland right now. We don't have seats in northern Canada. So we don't have members there that want to ask those questions specifically sometimes. So we need to make sure that we're representing those areas with questions and making sure that people in those communities and those ridings, that we need to win to form government, that we need to show we're a government waiting we got to balance all that out. So um, it's a big task. It's uh, you know I'm excited. I'm nervous about it, uh, but it's uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good ride. I think. You alluded to uh, you, uh, people don't realize this, and you did allude to this, but you are you're going to be uh, the head diplomat because everybody wants to get a slot in question period to show that their constituents and that they're doing their job, holding the government to account, and to show 
also that they're a rising star because they're they're uh, they're uh, doing question periods. So it's always balancing egos in your job because there, there's many more people in the caucus that want to ask questions in question period than there are slots for question period. Exactly. Well, and, and one of the other things too is that I, I've been big on behind the scenes with our caucus is a kind of professional development training as well about making sure that, uh, you know, helping with the, the writing of questions and the other opportunities. Question period is the big one that people watch, that the media, that even constituents focus on in the House of Commons. But there's a lot of other opportunities as well to get out and, and ask questions or give. So when, uh, and when you're talking about legislation, you know, in the, in the House on there, even in committee, us having a minority government right now, we are able to compel more ministers to come to more committees. So one of the things I've been saying to, to colleagues as well is we need to make sure we're maximizing the opportunity for questions as well, and not just question period, but through committee and through those different avenues to to get the questions out. So, uh, yeah, there's there's the balance of geographies. There's a balance of the news of the day. And there's also the balance of the bigger picture of Aaron's made it very clear. We need to be a government in waiting. Uh, we need to be united. We need to be professional. Uh, and we need the pursuit of excellence. So we need to be firing in all cylinders and using all the options available to us. And the minority government does produce some extra ones for us, which is which is good. Eric Duncan joins us on And Another Thing. And we are excited to say again that this podcast, And Another Thing, is proudly brought to you by Municipal Solutions. Make sure you check them out at municipalsolutions.ca. At the end of the show, uh, Tony and I will break down again a couple of the cool things and the services that they offer municipalities throughout the region. Eric, I want to talk a little bit about your riding, because am I right in saying that Upper Canada Village is in that area? It is, probably hosted uh, in there. I should look about the middle of my riding, absolutely. Yeah, so tell me a little I remember going there as a kid, and I, I know it's obviously a great historical attraction. Uh, if you look at the must-see places, uh, if you're traveling around Ontario and you go to uh, the, the Ontario website from a provincial standpoint, uh, Upper Canada Village is on there. Is checking it. You got to check it out. Tell us a little bit about some of the history there and 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 why people should go because I I think it's uh, it's an amazing place to check out. Well, for sure, and, and I will say this year too, the parks have done a fantastic job with getting back open again and uh, having the social distance measures in place to, to to get through the year. And everyone's doing staycations, so actually, it's been interesting to see. Uh, the number of constituents that it's in her own backyard uh, and the number of people that are visiting it again for the first time in many years has been great. But it's just basically a, a walk, literally a walk back in time. Uh, you could go back in and see uh, how back in the day, how cheese was made. You can go see the old, the old churches, the old stores, the blacksmith. Um, you can go in and see how newspapers were printed, whatever it may be. And there's some restaurants and that type of thing. So it's a, um, there's a mill in there. So you can take a walk back in time to see how things done were done back uh, generations ago. Uh, so it's an educational thing. But the one thing, too, that I always give a plug on the tourism is that they've really diversified as well because the Upper Canada Village experience is, is seasonal through the summer. One thing coming up in the, 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 uh, the advertising is just starting are two huge programs which are uh, have taken off and actually been leaders across the can- uh, country and even internationally now, is Pumpkinferno. They have tens of thousands of carved pumpkins um, in different shapes and sizes and characters or whatever it may be throughout the village at night. Uh, really? And, yeah, it is a huge attraction. 
that brings people in from uh, across the country now. It's uh, uh, huge. And then they, it's a huge tourism attraction. Then they, they finish out around a little after Halloween, and then they switch to a light at night where they brought, I think, into the hundreds of thousands of Christmas lights all in the buildings, all in the trees. It's absolutely phenomenal. So I say to people is check out Upper Canada Village uh, while they're open now, but uh, this time of the year going into the fall, if you're ever driving through eastern Ontario, going down the 401 or even you're near Ottawa, you're only an hour away, go and check out uh, Pumpkin Furrow or A Light at Night. It is something that uh, you'll absolutely love. Does Pumpkin Inferno, does it get political? Like, will there be a Donald Trump pumpkin and a Justin Trudeau pumpkin? Do they do that at all? They haven't done it yet, but I might suggest that to the team now. It's an election year down in the U.S. Who knows well, the Donald happened. Trump one, uh, you know, it, it basically carves itself, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, it's halfway now, done. Tony, Tony, come on now. Come on now. That's that's called for. Uh, Eric, I wanted, to, I wanted to quickly ask, too, because on your Twitter the other day, you did a poll. You were trying to find a new art piece for, I'm it's your dining room. Um, yes. You put up four options from a local artist. Option B is the best option. I can't believe they chose A. Now, are you, are you telling me they went... Are you going with A, or did you? Are you going to make the decision yourself and just wanted to see what your followers thought? Well, I was actually, you know, you ask people their opinions. Actually, I always, I always tease this. It's like politicians. You ask five politicians their opinion, you get nine different opinions. Uh, and I would joke with that. But I say with art pieces, I put these four pieces up, and everybody's got a different passionate opinion on it. There's been no consensus. But A was the leader. It's a dark background. It's a floral piece with a dark background, and I've, I'm actually looking at them right now in my dining room, and I'm, I am going with A, the dark background. Oh, but I've, oh, it's, B, I've had, it's B, buddy. It's B. It's the second one. It's 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 controversial, I know, but I said it's one of those ones where you make you make 25% of the people happy and the rest are upset with the choice. But that, that's art. Welcome to art. But I've had, uh, you know, I, I've never really been uh, buying art or been much of a person for buying art, uh, but the last little while for my offices personally, myself, I've been sort of, uh, buying from a lot of local artists, and I've actually come to love it. This is actually it's always really exciting to see their pieces and see what fits where and all that. So it's been good to support local artists and give them a bit of a profile on my social media as well. But certainly get some non-political discussions, which is nice for a change once in a while on my, on my Twitter and Instagram feeds. Well, I like how you just left. I think it looks like you might have finished a bowl of cereal or something on the table there at the, at the, <laughs> the dining room. So that was the part of the art installation, Jody. That was actually art that you saw there. Eric, it's, it's uh, <laughs> Eric, thanks so much for doing this. I don't know, Tony, did you have anything else you wanted to add or? No, no, I just want to congratulate him, yeah. uh, uh, and uh, all the caucus, indeed. Uh, I know it's a very important time, and hey, uh, Eric is right. We might be in an election in several weeks, so, uh, uh, you know, Godspeed to everybody involved in that, and um, we'll see uh, after the throne speech, I guess. Exactly. It'll be an interesting few weeks to, to ramp ourselves up and be ready as a new team, but in the matter of a few weeks, we could be uh, getting our long signs out, so... We'll see what happens and what direction the government wants to go. But I always say there's never a dull day in Ottawa. Absolutely. And one, one last thing I was going to say, Eric, too, because I know we were talking off air, but one of your colleagues was on the show a couple weeks ago, Dan Albus, who's a you know martial arts instructor and has quite the background. He did mention, I won't say the name of who, but he did mention that he wanted to roundhouse kick someone in the house. It's not you. You don't have to worry. I'm curious, though, if he were to do that, would do you think that would like seriously affect his abilities to ask questions? Like, would you limit him if he wanted to ask questions, or would it just be business as usual? 
He'd be in the doghouse. It depends who he. It depends who he. It depends who he kicks. If I if I agree with who he kicks, he might get more questions. He might hey, there we go. I like there. this guy. I like this guy. This is good. This is good. All right, Eric. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you very much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Good to chat with you. Sure, for sure. Eric Duncan, great guy. That was a lot of fun. See, he's a, yeah, I like he, that guy. He's a good sport. I like good that sport, guy. and uh, he had a lot to say too. I'm very impressed by him. Uh, I, you did not mention it, nor need it be mentioned, but he, he's obviously from the LGBT community, and uh, so again, uh, very different uh, face for the party uh, and uh, and for the caucus. Uh, has social conservatives, has LGBT, has fiscal conservatives, has green conservatives. That that's the kind of uh, big tent that uh, Aaron O'Toole is building. And as you mentioned, he likes to have fun. He's a good guy. He's a good sport. Unlike, yeah. and I, I got to take a shot at him, because, you know, I listened to Eric have fun, and it reminded me of when Stephen Lecce was on here, and the guy wouldn't even have fun. <laughs> like, you're still on, yes, you're still on Lecce. I am. He's got a lot on his mind right now. Well, <laughs> I know, but, like, if Eric Duncan can, can joke around, Stephen Lecce can joke around. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, when he's a little bit less busy, I'll mention that to yeah. Stephen. He's a, he's got his hands full with the back to school right now. So we got to cut him some slack there. I think again, we want to mention wanna... our great sponsors, uh, municipal solutions and, uh, all the work they do municipal solutions.ca. You'll be hearing more about them as the weeks go on. Uh, we're so appreciative of their belief in our program and, uh, they do amazing things for municipalities throughout the, the uh, province. And, uh, yeah, you've known John a long time. Yeah, John Mutton, uh, I've known him for a long time. Uh, some of his clients, incidentally, are include a lot of the trades associations, like the United Association of Plumbers, Steam Fitters and Welders, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, a lot of those building trades folks. So he, he's got a very wide practice uh, and knows a lot about how our province is run. So uh, I, I think we're going to get him on the program at some point, but uh, thanks to Municipal Solutions and John Button for being our lead and title sponsor. And, you you know, you did a, a great job last week without me with Miranda Mulholland. Well, thank you. Thank you. Good. It was great, uh, great to catch up with her. And, but, uh, and can I, uh, if we have time, uh, one of the topics we talked about was the disappearing venues for musical performances this is a big problem and then since we had recorded that sneaky d's uh, which is a storied uh, space in toronto there's a possibility it's going to be torn down to build condos which has got everybody all upset but the big news is the grand reopening of the El combo yes and i attended that uh and uh the the guys that bought that we know part of the story because of our show but they bought it. They 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 thought they were just going to buy the sign, but they decided to buy the entire building yes. for five million dollars, and then they put thirty million dollars of upgrades into the place. <laughs> of course. So in in a future broadcast, I'm going to talk about the Elma Combo and uh, just a, an incredible uh, center for music in our city, in the city of Toronto, but in our country as well. So stay tuned for that. Yes, and go back and listen to the episode with Sam. Grosso, because he yes. was he was the individual that had the Elma combo and sold it to Mike Weckerly. So he sold it to Weckerly. Yeah. Uh, he, he got he it was it was a, the classic case of 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 selling up or upselling. 
because yes. uh, he originally approached him to, sit, to sell the the sign. neon sign, and they ended up luckily and ended up buying the whole building. So great story. Yeah, and I see Sam at Starbucks almost uh, every day. So it's uh, he's a very very solid guy. And uh, yeah, we wish uh, we wish Mike and their team all the best as they move forward with Elma Combo. Of course, this show will be airing after one of their opening concerts. But do you know who yeah. do you know who it is with? I think the first yes, concert well, there. Yeah, Ian Thornley and Big, Big Rack. Rack. That's right. Good job. Wow, you're you, you know a lot about music. <laughs> I envy right here you. And there. I envy oh, you. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't think I got much more to say other than nope. uh, one one little thing. Sorry, and then you go. But one little thing, I did find it comical that that Dougie Ford there nailing people for big parties, and he was photographed at a big wedding with no mask. Well, he was at Stan Show's. He was at Stan Show's wedding. <laughs> uh, Stan Show, member of provincial parliament for Willowdale. <laughs> Uh, he got he got uh, hitched and uh, and uh, Premier Ford was there. But I saw Premier Ford recently in Muskoka. He was at an event uh, announcing uh, support for an N95 mask uh, manufacturing plant in Bracebridge. Everybody was masked up there. I can assure you that. Yeah, and and I, I look. I don't fault Doug for going to that wedding at all. And I the problem is is that when you crack the whip so many times in front of the media. If you slip a little, people are just waiting for you to screw up. Oh yeah, right. So he's kind of put himself in that position. He literally, with with his stature right now, he literally has to go everywhere with a mask and not be near anyone. You know, if he doesn't have one on, that's that's, that's well. I mean, but the, but masks are not mandatory outdoors, <laughs> and that was an it was an outdoor wedding. But jeepers creepers, folks! Like, let's have some common sense. Anyway, anyway. that's my two cents worth. <laughs> Did you want to add anything else or? No, I'm just going to, you're going to get me upset here. So uh, oh, we better conclude up. the show. We've got a great show next week too. Uh, we're going to carry on with our politics theme, uh, but uh, stay tuned and keep downloading. We're, we've had many thousands of downloads since we started. Rate and review us too, please. That helps so much if you can rate and review us. Yeah, yeah. No, the podcast is doing very well. And again, thanks to Municipal Solutions. Find them online, municipalsolutions.ca. We're excited about working with them and you'll be hearing more about them as the weeks go on. Tony, we will do this again in seven days. You bet.